painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today in Artbeat, we talked to director Crystal Hagee on her film Building Soil and to a few students who were a part of the Great River Shakespeare Festival and helped produce the film Cassandra. We talked to them individually about each film and find out more about what they are about, while also hearing how they feel with the films being shown at Frozen River Film Festival. This is KJ with Crystal and the Shakespeare students on Artbeat. So I'm here in the studio today with Crystal Hagee, uh, the filmmaker of Building Soil. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. All right. So we're here to talk a little bit about the film and kind of like first first off, uh, what inspired you to create the film? So uh, LSP, Land Stewardship Project, contacted me about an idea that they had uh, regarding telling the stories of Minnesota farmers and they wanted to create a piece that would showcase what farmers in Minnesota are doing to mitigate climate change on their land. Uh, And so together we put together a uh, timeline and script for the film Building Soil, uh, which was uh, a short film, eight minutes long, that showcased all Minnesota farmers. Awesome. Uh, so kind of going off of the Minnesota Farmers, how did you find all the people that you interviewed in the film? A lot of the people were, um, so we started out, we wanted to have, uh, we started out with wanting to interview farmers that were, had land in mid-sized levels. So we didn't want to interview super small farmers or the big, large farmers in Minnesota. So they were uh, farmers that owned land between 200 and 1,000 acres. Uh, so there's uh, a number of different farmers that Land Stewardship Project is in contact with who um, who are working with them to uh, build soil. So we went down the list and kind of figured out who was available and what um, what what farmers would uh, be when farmers would be available for interviews and went from there. Awesome. Uh, did you use other farmers that weren't just from Minnesota? Because if I remember, there was one from Prairie Des Chiennes in Wisconsin. Mm. No, all of the farmers were from all Minnesota. Alrighty. Yeah, all of the farmers were from Minnesota, and we interviewed quite a few farmers that we didn't weren't able to fit into the film. So there is a much bigger story here than what we were able to fit into an eight-minute film. Awesome. Uh, so what would you say the style for the film is? Um, well, it's a documentary. Uh, it's got uh, interviews. Uh, a lot of talking head interviews. It showcases people's thoughts and feelings towards climate change, thoughts and feelings towards their land. Uh, there's a lot of shots of um, Minnesota farmland. There's a lot of aerial shots. Uh, it, it's an interview style film. Awesome. Uh, so kind of you mentioned talking heads. I know that's a film term if others don't understand it. Um, another thing is, did you purposely do the interviews using a rule of thirds? Uh, yes, of course. We always use cinematic principles when we go out and film for any reason. Um, so for people who are listening who don't know exactly all these film terminologies, can you explain what they are? So when we set up our interviews, we want to set up a attractive uh, setting. So with the filmmaker, Kelly O'Neill, we shot his interview in his house that he built himself with his wife. Uh, and we thought that that was a, a pertinent 
piece to the story to showcase that not only is he a steward of the land, but he is also here in this beautiful house that he he and his wife built uh, to be closer to their land. Um, and so we shot that, and so you can see in the background there's his fireplace uh, that's a little blurred out, and he's sitting to the front right of the frame um, so that you can see not only a bit of his house, you get a bit of context of where he's at, uh, but you also have an attractive framing for um, an interview that you can listen to his story. Awesome. Great explanation. Uh, So can you talk more about uh, the Land Stewardship Project and what it is exactly? Um, So Land Stewardship Project is an organization uh, dedicated to creating transformational change in our food and farming systems. They're based in Minnesota. They're a nonprofit organization founded Uh, In 1982, and they foster an ethic of stewardship for farmland to promote sustainable agriculture. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're really, um, um, yeah, they're they're a really important organization in Minnesota. Sweet. Um, So what does it feel like having your film shown at Frozen River Film Festival? I really enjoyed the opportunity to share these stories with the people of the city of Winona. I think a lot of times... This topic uh, is isolated to discussions among rural uh, landowners and isn't necessarily thought about uh, to people who aren't farmers. Um, and, and we are so connected to our soil and we're so connected to our land uh, as a whole. People as a whole are, are so connected to um, our farmers that it's important to showcase their stories from their point of view on what they're doing and how our activities and um, how our activities in the city are affecting the rural farmers and 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 really what they're doing to be innovative in and in, in, uh, changing climate their relationship with their land their relationship with the weather is ever changing and it's changing faster now than any other time mm-hmm. um, and some of these people have owned farmlands for five, six generations, and they've never had to adapt the way they are adapting now. And so I think that's really important to showcase here in Winona and have a Winona audience understand. Yeah, it's kind of seeing it for me, it brought into perspective more of, um, because my grandparents, they were farmers. Um, Oh, wow. They they owned their own farm when I was younger. Um, And it was it was just a small farm. They didn't have a whole lot. And even now they still own some of the land. but yeah, it, it kind of just now puts into perspective to me of like how devastating this weather can be to some of the farmers because I know um, the a few years ago when we had the really bad rain, uh, it destroyed like all of my grandpa's corn crops and he he had nothing left basically except for like one batch and it was it was insane. So this, yeah, this topic is really important. Uh, so how long did it take to like? produce and uh, film and edit the whole film together? Yeah, we began discussions in April, um, began filming in the summer, uh, and then were probably pretty much completed and wrapped up by December 1st. So it was a, a short turnaround, but we knew we were making a short film, so we didn't need to do the excessive uh, B-roll shooting that you would do in a longer film mm-hmm. or um, the multiple interviews with multiple family members. So with a short film like this, uh, it was a pretty quick turnaround. 
um, with the with the whole process. There is a there is a larger story here, and I do think that it would be pertinent for that story to be told and really showcase Minnesota as Minnesota farmers. But that wasn't our purpose for this project. Awesome. Yeah, that's not too bad of a film period time. Yeah. Um, so is there anything you want the viewers to take away from the film? Um, I think it's really, I think there's a lot of interesting points that the farmers make. You know, like there's so many people who are 100% organic. And one of the film, one of the subjects in the film, Kelly O'Neill, he says, you know, there's a, there's a tension between organic and non-organic because a lot of times when you're, when you're farming organic, you have to use more devastating, uh, processes to the soil and so obviously the idea ideally farmers try to get to no-till and all organic but of the two it's more important to do no-till because building the soil is more important than trying to um, farm it's building the soil and farming sustainably is better than trying to farm with no pesticides or herbicides uh, so I thought that that was a really interesting point is that, you know, there's a lot of nuance, there's a lot of complexity to this issue and just, you know, under, being 100% organic um, in our food uh, choices doesn't necessarily mean that we're making the most sustainable choices for our Minnesota farmland. Very well put. Um, so are there any new projects that you are currently working on or planning for the future to work on? At this time, I'm not uh, in... At this time, I am not planning another film or film project. Uh, there's a few ideas I have rolling around, but nothing that's um, come Con- out yet. Concrete? Yeah, nothing concrete yet. <laughs> awesome. Well, hopefully, some, sometime soon you'll figure something out. Yes. Um, so where can we learn more about you as a filmmaker and then also more about the Land Stewardship Project if they want to know more? Um, yeah, so the Land Stewardship Project, you can find out more information about at landstewardshipproject.org. And I don't actually have a film website or anything like that. So I think that for this particular topic, um, if you wanted more information, I would I would suggest reaching out to the Land Stewardship Project. Alrighty. Uh, thank you, Crystal, for coming yeah. into the studio to talk to us. It, your film was great. It was well put together. And I hope to see more from you in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Crystal, for telling us more about your film. Now we get to hear from the students about the film Cassandra, which they helped produce. Alrighty, I'm with students who were part of the Shakespearean Film Festival who worked on the film Cassandra. If you guys just want to introduce yourselves, say your names, a little about what you did in the film. Hi, I'm William Thurmer, and I was the official sound boy. I'm Jasper Hedin. I did a a variety of jobs around the set, including directing and sound and slate and whatnot. Um, I'm Jack Bucknam. I also did a variety of things. I switched around. I really liked director of photography, though. Um, I'm Evan Bucknam. I particularly liked uh, doing the sound. Awesome. So um, what inspired you guys to create a film like this? Well, uh, I've previously worked on a couple of short films with some of my friends, and uh, they didn't really have a didn't really have a kind of a purpose to it, so I kind of wanted to do something that really uh, I could be proud of and say that I made that. Okay. Um, so how did you guys come up with a title like Cassandra? We didn't actually make the script. Um, that was the Shakespeare actors, and they, they basically designed the entire thing. 
Um, they said it was due to time constraints and the fact that it, they were brand new at it. And they said that they had designed the script so um, we could save time effectively. Yeah, so like Benjamin wrote the script and he came up with the title for it because he like was the writer and he knew the whereabouts of the script. But we kind of added a little twist on some of the parts and like made it our own. Um, the plot, the character development is that most of the um, other characters say like her name like as a nickname instead of what she likes to be called is Cassandra, but everybody calls her Cass or Cassie. Nice. Um, so Cassandra was given a briefcase in the film. Was there actually anything in it? And if not, what would you have wished would have been in it? Well, we don't know, honestly. <laughs> I, I, it, was a, it was a prop that we were never able to touch or feel around or anything, so I don't know. But I'll let you guys answer. What, what, would, you, what would you want in there? I'd say, for me anyways, maybe like a, a hat that day, because it was very hot, and I, I could have used some, some protection. I, I agree with Jasper and Jack. Something that could protect you from the weather. Personally, story-wise, I would have liked it to have been something like a bomb in the briefcase, and she just aided the terrorist organization the entire time. Interesting. <laughs> Um, so what was, what was the meaning behind the film itself? To kind of go off what Evan said earlier about how she had never really been spoken to as an equal, people saying her nickname and things like Cassie, cause, like Cass, throughout the whole movie. And at the end, finally, when she had achieved this, yeah, and we, when she had achieved this, uh, this feat by defeating the man in black, uh, the man in, gl the man with the glasses who had, uh, who had given her the briefcase, called her Cassandra. So I think that was kind of the moment of actualization for her. And I think a lot of it is kind of being yourself, how, like, usually people are, like, telling her what to do, and I think it's very important that she, like, kind of stood up to Fanny and the man in black. Awesome. Um, so you guys mentioned that you guys didn't create the script, but since you work so close with it, um, how how do you think they came up with the four different characters that helped Cassandra uh, get the men in black? I know that for sure Carl's character was kind of because it's the Shakespeare Festival and yet to include Shakespeare in there somewhere. And um, I think a lot of it was just kind of being creative with like what they wanted to do because like Margaret, the zombie hunter, kind of came out of nowhere and... I think they just wanted to have some fun with it. Nice, yeah. They were some very interesting characters, to say the least. Um, how long did it take to film the fight scene, and was it hard to accidentally not hit the person? It took, well, we each kind of took turns filming the fight scene, and the best one was picked, but it wasn't actually one of ours. It was one of the helpers, the instructors, an intern. Yeah, and uh, for, the, for the second part, or the second answer is... Uh, we, there was almost a scare where we almost had somebody get knocked out with like a croquet mallet, but it was a, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's in the cut, but, uh, so no, nobody was hurt, but it was a close call. Yeah. So what happened was the zombie hunter swung the bat and then she had this kind of like arrow, what's it called again? like a quiver on her back and there were like croquet mallets and like bats and stuff and one of them flew out and it almost hit um 
Was it One Alex? Of One of the actors. And Benjamin was worried. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, so what was it like filming all of this, since you guys were all like a major part in filming it? Um, to be honest, the first day was a little rough, because we had never really done anything like that before. But after like the first half day, everything kind of fit together and went smoothly. Yeah, also, previously, before I'd taken this class, I'd always taken for granted kind of films, like... Two, hour, two and a half hour films take a long time. Even just a 12 minute film like we did, it took like four, hour, or four days of shooting and like six hours per day. So I always really took that for granted. One word, golf cart. <laughs> Those were the most fun shots. Um, the best part I think was uh, when we would race alongside the golf cart and try to beat it to a destination. Um, also carrying its supplies it was also, oddly satisfying. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I have filming experience as well. I'm actually in a film class right now. So doing this kind of stuff, I can understand how hard it is. Um, so was this more uh, student-led or faculty-supervisor-led? Uh, well, I'd say uh, initially it was kind of a classroom. The first week was like a classroom ordeal where... Uh, we had two instructors telling us what to do and the ins and outs of filmmaking. And then in the second week when we were actually doing the filming, they guided us along, but we were able to like truly, truly take the next step and make it our own film. Couldn't have said it better, apparently. Uh, so what does it feel like having a film that you personally worked on shown at Frozen River? Um, it's cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of nice to have something to be proud of. Yeah, along with that, I, I know I've showed it to like a lot of my family, and I'm, all, I'm very proud of it. And uh, I, it's rewarding seeing like something you've done, even if it was just 12 minutes, it's still very rewarding. It also seals the fact that we can no longer get jobs in politics, knowing that this video will be on the internet for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Um, uh, is there anything you want viewers to take away from the film? Um, probably just to be your own person and kind of make your own path and don't let people tell you what to do. There you go. <laughs> uh, last question. Uh, where can we learn more about the Shakespearean Film Festival? Uh, well, the Shakespeare for Young Filmmakers class is part of the Great River Shakespeare Festival. And these guys were part of the first iteration of that class, which was really exciting. So if people want to learn about uh, the upcoming classes, they can visit grsf.org slash education. And we have all of our classes listed on there, which includes Shakespeare for Young Filmmakers. Awesome. Thanks, guys. It was really nice seeing what you guys have created at such a young age. Thanks again to Crystal and the Shakespeare students for the interviews. To learn more about the Land Stewardship Project, go to their website at landstewardshipproject.org. To learn more about the Shakespeare Festival, go to grsf.org. To stream today's episode or any other episode of Artbeat, go to kqal.org under Media Program Archives. This is KJ on Artbeat. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org. Is art an important part of your life? Tune into Artbeat, Tuesdays at 12.30, right here on 89.5 KQAL. Artbeat is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.